Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burdens of motherhood. I'm Emily. I'm Beth, and we're your hosts. We hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms blog production. Episode 12, What the Heck is Hospitality? Hello, Mom Fashion friends. We are super excited to let you know that we have another new friend hanging out with us today. I would love to introduce you to Catherine Sasser. Hello, Hello. Catherine. So glad to be here. Thanks Yay. for having me. Uh, she is a hospitality guru and the owner of Hurley House. And she's going to be here to answer all of our confusing uh, questions that we have. We're stumped about this topic of hospitality. But before we dive into that, how about you tell us a little about yourself, your business, your family? Love to. Thanks again for having me. My name is Catherine. I live in Fort Worth. I am married. I have four children ranging in ages currently from 17 to 12. So I have four, four children, three girls. Our second is a boy. And I do own Hurley House in Fort Worth. We're a full-service bakery and hospitality company. And I also write a hospitality and lifestyle blog at katherinesasser.com. This may come as a surprise, but I'm actually going to ask Beth the first question. I okay. won't be offended. I'm ready for you. All right, Beth, here it goes. What do you think hospitality is? Okay, so this is a hard question because I feel like I have an ideal definition and okay. then I have a functional definition. Okay. Just, just give us what, mm -hmm. you, what you think it is. Yes, so in my mind, hospitality is similar to, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but there's this Danish idea of Hig, and it's like creating this comfortable space where people can come and be cozy and just relax. And and so in my mind, I'm like, yes, I'll have this home that people can just come to, and it's bringing people into my home where they can feel at home and they can feel loved and welcome. You know, like the doors always unlocked kind of place. But my functional definition is. Oh my gosh, somebody's coming to my house. Hide everything. Find the vacuum. Get no the dog hair off of stuff. Yes. If you can see it, you can enter it. If it's closed, don't go near it because it might be dangerous. Good point. So, yeah, my, uh, my functional idea is quite different because hospitality always seems overwhelming and it mm -hmm. seems scary yeah. because I feel like I'm unworthy of the task. And my home is unworthy of the task. I always define, like when I hear the word hospitality, I think it is dinner parties. Mm. And, you know, having people over for dinner parties. And if I can't be great at serving a presentable, tasty dinner in my home, like reflecting that, then that isn't good hospitality. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be wrong. So I don't know. We're very confused on this topic. I feel like it's kind of like a dying art. And I, I think agree. maybe Pinterest is to blame for this because we have 100%. these un 
realistic expectations of Pinterest perfect. So, yes. okay, you you heard us. What it what is it, Catherine? My heart is beating so Catherine, fast. Catherine, the I'm hospitality so ready. <laughs> goddess. What is hospitality? First of all, the thing that's dying needs to die. Let me just start there. So the the thing that is dying and going out in my opinion, needs to die because it is what you both have described as this perceived pursuit of perfection. And whether it was Pinterest or whether it was, you know, perfectly styled magazine shoots or whether it was our grandmothers, you know, doing it all right, like that idea of pursuing perfection needs to die as it relates to hospitality because that is not hospitality. In the same way, the performance aspect, Beth, that you're describing is also close, but not really. I mean, hospitality is not performing. So the hide it, close the door, but mm-hmm. like that franticness is not hospitality. So to answer your question, what is hospitality? I define hospitality as the art of creating space for yourself and others so that change can occur. So I'm going to say that again. The art of creating space for yourself and others so that change can occur. So right out of the gate, this may bump up against every preconceived notion, but it also might fall in line with, Emily, you're not wrong. A dinner party is one kind of hospitality. Like dinner parties absolutely involve hospitality. And the thing that you are describing where your door is open and your home is comfortable, that also is like that involves hospitality, but that in itself is not the true nature of hospitality. And what most people fail to grasp when it comes to hospitality is that it has nothing really to do with you. It's about creating space and then getting out of the way. And that's really hard. That's not a Pinterest picture. I hear the words that you're saying, but it (laughs) honestly does not jive with like what I've thought about hospitality. It's kind of like, what do you mean for change to occur? Like what's changing? Okay, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you a story to illustrate the point. Great. I love stories. Gather around, kids. Okay, so let's let's take your idea of a dinner party and we're going to look at it through two lenses because a dinner party, I think most people have either experienced one as a guest or they've thrown one as a host and those can be positive or negative, like both situations. You decide to throw a dinner party and let's say you do it through the lens of hospitality. Well, your aim and your goal and your pursuit is to anticipate the needs of your guest and to express the positive feelings that you have for them through everything that you do. So the space that you're creating involves their senses. So you're going to cook some food. You want it to taste delicious. You're going to set a table because you want it to look beautiful. And you want to anticipate their need for a chair and a napkin and a fork. Um, You're going to probably clean your house because there is a certain level of comfort that comes in an orderly space. All All the list of things, like I could go on, there's probably like 30 things that you're going to do in the process of throwing this dinner party. Through the lens of hospitality, each one of those is motivated from a heart of wanting to remove distractions that would create tension or stress or confusion or fear or a need not being met that would prevent that person from wholeheartedly engaging in what I would kind of 
I don't know, there's not a great word for this, but the intangible quality of the evening, the beautiful connection that you feel either you're laughing together at a joke, you're crying together because someone is sharing, you know, a really heartfelt story. You just have a wonderful time and it's a it's a great memory. That's the thing you're going to remember, not I didn't have a place to sit. It kind of was too cold in there. The food was not that delicious. I, I'm not sure where I was supposed to get water. And it, like when, when our needs are not anticipated, we feel stress. And when we feel stress, we close up. Like our emotions kind of close off and we start to self-protect and we're not going to be open to connecting with others. So a dinner party can look the same. It can have a beautiful table setting. It can have a beautiful menu. It can have, but those things are not the point. They are merely tools in the process of creating space for others. So the change that occurs is you walked in without these memories, without these experiences, without this shared sense of community that you're leaving with. Now, a dinner party is one thing. There are extreme instances of what I would call like, you know, hardcore hospitality where you invite someone into your home for an extended amount of time, maybe to live with your family or maybe to stay for a week, like where you're really, really life on lifing with someone. That's a different kind of flavor of hospitality, but the same principles apply. The same idea of if I create a comfortable place for you, change is going to occur. And if I keep myself out of it and my sense of self-worth or my esteem or my anything about me out of the process, beautiful things are going to emerge. So what we have been trained and modeled and probably have assimilated through all these, you know, Pinteresty type things. And Pinterest is not the devil. Like Pinterest has value and it's a very inspiring place. But the perceived perfection, what it has done to us has said, hey, this thing you want to do, it is, it is going to name you how well you do it. So you better get on it. Does your table look like this one? It doesn't, you're not good enough. Does your food look like this? It doesn't, you're not good enough. And the second that you start to engage your sense of esteem or identity in the process and hope that the result measures up to who you want to be, like it's sunk. It's no longer about what what other people need or, or loving them or expressing that to them. It's now about you. And that's, that's a doomed pursuit. I remember about you saying something that kind of was the first thing that like jostled my idea of hospitality. And mm-hmm. that was, and you even included in your definition, mm-hmm. you included yourself mm-hmm. in the evening, right? Mm-hmm. And probably my past has gone about trying to anticipate needs and accommodate my guests and, you know, like trying to make everything so comfortable for them so that they can talk and, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking through how we could group people together and those kinds of things. But I always leave one person out Mm -hmm. and that is me. Mm -hmm. And when you kind of talked about that, and I think you were talking about how you do a lot of your prep for, say, a dinner party, you do it over a series of days so you are not frazzled when Mm -hmm. your guests arrive. Like that had never kind of occurred to me that I need to also prepare myself and have myself in a good like frame of mind and almost like emotionally at ease so that I can 
be part of the party. Absolutely. Like, because people are coming to my house also to see me. They exactly. want to talk to me, yes. and they don't want me to be running around with my head cut off. And I, when like when you kind of had that whole thing on your Insta stories, I was like, oh, like this is – I've never heard this from a hospitality angle before. We think there is virtue in running ourselves ragged for the benefit of our guest to the point that we are no longer able – to present ourselves in any kind of usable, accessible form that would benefit anyone who's walking through our door. And yeah. I am the I have been so guilty of it for so many years. I really would spend so much time, um, physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, um, put off even like, you know, taking a shower, you know, like just push it to the end, push it to the end, exceed my limits. The party starts and I am done. Like running on fumes. So annoyed to see the people in my home wondering when they're leaving. And I learned, like, this is serving no one. They don't even care how long the stupid dinner took. Right. They don't care because I'm not available. So when I started to shift that and came up with systems and routines and ways to still deliver a very high-quality evening for my guests and show up intact physically, emotionally, mentally, and enjoy the evening Oh my gosh, like tables turned. And that is to press in even a little bit more into kind of this uncharted territory. That's what I would call exercising hospitality on yourself. And it is a very, very foreign, uncomfortable concept. Right. We want to talk about exercising hospitality on other people. I want to challenge people to start to think about exercising hospitality on themselves not for selfish reasons, but out of a sense of I can love you best when I have created space for myself. It applies to throwing a dinner party. It applies to motherhood. It applies to marriage. It applies to being an employer, a friend, a sister. Like, think of all the relationships you're in. And when you are allowing time and space to make sure your needs are anticipated, man, you are better for the people that you love. Right. It's the truth. Mm -hmm. Can we always do it? We cannot. There are seasons when that is a wreck. But I think it's something worth talking about. I think it's part of the hospitality picture. On one side of the coin, you know, we're scared of hospitality because we don't think we will measure up, mm -hmm. right? And people are going to judge us, mm -hmm. like, for our lack of beautiful table and lack of food right. that looks good and lack of having the right wine with whatever, right. you know, like we're going to be judged for this. But the way that you're describing hospitality also, I think maybe we are scared of as well because it it cultivates and requires community and openness. Mm -hmm. And we're so individualized, kind of like self-protecting, that that also scares us. Like, I don't want to invite these people over to my house because then they're going to get to know me. They'll actually see me. Yeah, and yeah. that can be scary. That's a very scary proposition. Um, being seen is hard. You said something that I just want to, like, quickly nip in the bud. People are going to judge you. There is not a way to sidestep that. The difference between hosting and entertaining is not the fact, well, did they judge my, my dining room curtains or didn't they? They totally did. They, they judged your curtains. The difference is how you care about that. And like someone's going to walk in your home and make a judgment about your curtains. Now, entertaining says, 
I can't have people over till I have the perfect curtains and I really hope they're perfect and I, f- I hope that, th- that I measure up when they judge me. Okay, hosting says, um, I'd like to have some curtains. Oh, look, I found some curtains, but I'm going to have people over even if I don't have curtains. And I know they're going to judge me and judge my curtains, but you know what's not wrapped up in my curtains? Uh, my sense of identity and self. So judge my curtains. Do what you want. Can I get you a glass of iced tea? Your sense of self is not wrapped up in their judgments. Your sense of self is secure because it's not about your curtains. Like your curtains don't name you. And that's a whole different topic. But it's, it's a, there's no way to sidestep people judging you. So perfect table, not perfect table. People are going to judge you. But the idea is, yeah, you're going to have to have people over. And you're going to have to let them see you. And here is just the most counterintuitive truth. They're going to relate to you more in your imperfection than in any sort of fake perfection you can throw out there. I 100% have done the shove it in the closet song and dance 10 minutes before someone arrives. I relate. I have also been to someone's home where they looked at me and were like, I'm so sorry, we're still folding laundry and it's on the dining room table. And I feel a sense of connection to that because do you know where I (laughs) fold my laundry? On the, di- on the dining room table. Right. So like, <laughs> thank you for letting me see the real world. Now, if you were having a dinner party and I showed up and you still had your laundry on the dining room table, now we've, you've not thought this through very well. You know what I mean? Like you're serving dinner to your guests on the dining room table and it's a little bit of a different than I just popped in and saw your laundry on the dining room table. That's why this is an art. This is not a, a checklist. Right. This is not a rule thing. It's an art. So walking into your home on a Tuesday to see you because I just wanted to pop in and say hi and your laundry's on the dining room table, that's not a point of disconnection. That's a point of connection. Oh, look, you too? Haha, <laughs> me too. People will relate to your realness. People will relate to your places of vulnerability. I didn't realize this was going to be therapy. <laughs> I'm loving it, but cringing at the same time. It's so good. Catherine, I am hosting Thanksgiving. Congratulations. I'm really excited about it, actually. You should be. And fun. yeah, I think it'll be fun. So, what are some practical ways that I can? show myself hospitality in preparing for this, but also just really create space for my guest where, because I'm one of those people where I will run around ragged and not say a word to a person in my house throughout the entire dinner party because I'm so busy. Yeah. And you miss the whole point of having people in your home when you do that. And the whole point of Thanksgiving. I mean, Mm -hmm. come on guys, it's (laughs) Thanksgiving. I think a number one mistake that people make, and sometimes it's out of our control and we can't do anything about it, is agreeing to host a group larger than they can seat. And sometimes, like, it's a Super Bowl party. It doesn't matter. Thanksgiving, (laughs) centered around the table, we need to have a place. As far as let's tackle the hospitality of yourself first, because that is a little bit um, more ooey-gooey and less Mm checklisty. I would say um, one gift you can give yourself is to acknowledge on the front end that holidays are tricky. Everybody, including yourself and your children and everyone that's going to walk through your door, brings with them a set of expectations and hopes and hurts and disappointments and emotions and reminders and on and on and on. Holidays are tricky for a lot of reasons, not least of which is what everybody brings with them. I think even the best version of a holiday 
requires a lot of deep breaths. I mean, it's just, just acknowledge it and remind yourself. And sometimes I am so much more able to be present and gracious with difficult people when I stop for a second and remind myself of everything that I'm carrying into this holiday and I could like start crying thinking about it. So if I can do that, everyone else who's coming through your door can probably do that too. Like melt your shoulders out of your ears, take a deep breath. We're all doing the best we can. Prep the heck out of whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. There are workarounds and tricks to where the only thing you have to do the day of, and I'm not exaggerating, the only thing you have to do on Thanksgiving day is cook a turkey. And maybe you're outsourcing that. Good job if you are. But cook a turkey and heat your sides. Okay. Gravy can be made ahead. Mashed potatoes can be made ahead. Dessert for sure can be made ahead. Cranberry can be made ahead. And I am of the camp that if we're eating at 2 o'clock, my turkey is carved on the platter, covered by 1 o'clock. No one needs to carve a turkey at the last minute. It is stressful and messy and I always just am like get it done put it on a beautiful platter cover it well with plastic wrap and then foil to keep all those steamy juices inside Mm -hmm. and if you have a warming drawer put it in there if you don't it's gonna stay warm for a while and hot gravy will cover a multitude of sins so (laughs) amen get it done okay a couple of like my favorite party tricks are everyone is gonna want to help So Mm -hmm. I make a list of things that people can do. So when they say, how can I help? Oh, this one. And you have a list and you're like, would you please um, take the ice out of the bags and dump it in the cooler? Would you please finish folding these napkins and put one under every fork? And they're tasks that I do not need to oversee. They're tasks that any age or skill or like a teenager grandpa, whatever, anybody can do these tasks. And this is horrible, but they're tasks that like matter, but aren't going to mess anything up if they're not done the way I want them done. Mm, The big things have been handled the way I want them to be handled. I'm not handing someone like, hey, could you do some flower arrangements? Like, no, 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 we've, that's finished. These are little popcorn tasks. If they get done, it really is helpful. If they don't get done, fine, I'll just finish them real quick. Like, you know, but it, but people want to help. Could you open all the wine? That's a huge one. Could you light all the candles? That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. And I have a list of about probably 10 tasks, and I just dole them out, and everybody wins. They get that's done. Fantastic. People feel helpful. So that's one party trick. That combined with do not do anything the day of is so like smart. the best gift you can give yourself. People have this idea that Thanksgiving cooking has to happen the day of. And I'm here to tell you, like, you will enjoy the day way more if you cook on, you know, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, Sunday. Thaw your turkey. <laughs> thaw it now. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. It just takes so long to thaw a turkey. So just wait, like that runway beforehand, make it as long as you possibly can. That's that's so good. I'm going to have to go back and take serious notes from all of this. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Catherine. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of Mom Fashions is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms, an online parenting resource for moms in Texas and throughout the United States. Visit fortworth.citymomsblog.com to learn more. 
Okay, we are still hanging out with our friend Catherine. She is our hospitality expert and owner of Hurley House. And I have so many more questions. Bring them on. Bring them on. Okay, here's a good philosophical question. Mm. Why should we practice hospitality to begin with? That's a really excellent question. Thank you. Because a lot of the times it can feel like, well, it can't feel like it is a lot of work. There's not... There's just no shortcut to the fact that when you choose to engage in the art of hospitality, you are going to be doing some difficult work. Um, logistically, you're going to be doing some work. Emotionally, you're going to be doing some work. And at times, we can ask ourselves, why did I even think this was worth it? Here's the answer that I know uh, personally, experientially, professionally, like check all the boxes. This is what I have seen and know to be true is that thing that we were talking about at the top of the episode um, when we create space for change to occur. Change is a powerful thing in our own lives and in the lives of those that we love and sometimes even in the lives of people that we do not know. That's the answer because connection and change and um, shared experiences are what move us forward in life. It's what allows us um, memories and a rich experience. And it's the things that we remember when someone else saw us and accepted us or laughed or encouraged or reminded or um, built history with us over time. This is, I mean, this is the essence of the human experience is connecting with other people who are also experiencing the human experience. And hospitality is kind of the, it will happen on its own from time to time. It really will. These, These times of connection, emotional vulnerability, like, of course, it happens. Man, it happens more intentionally and more frequently when we pursue and create space for it to happen. And it is not the kind of thing that we can control. We cannot create the change. We cannot manufacture. I really want this to be an exciting time of connection. Like, no, it, it, you don't get to decide what the change is going to be. You just get to participate in the process. Emily, in fact, the scenario I'm thinking of, you were there the day at Hurley House when another mom was having Mm -hmm. a really, really hard time. I mean, like, one of the harder times that I've watched a mom have in a public place. And you were the one that looked at me and was like, she needs to hear she's doing an okay job. And I got up and I went and I told her. And I mean, like, that story has circled back to me from different people who she has told, I don't know this woman. And something about creating a place where her mess was not an inconvenience and not a place of judgment, but it was a place where, can I help you? I mean, it changed her. It changed me. I think maybe it had a bigger impact on me and it's like burned in my brain. And now it's part of my, like, I don't know, library of experiences in my life. And if if that had been anything other than intentional, or if you had not been sitting at the table with me and just looked at me like, man, she needs to hear She's doing an okay job. Like it just was this perfect picture. And I have told that story to lots of people as an example of unexpected hospitality. I did not set out to encourage a mom with a hard day. But when the moment presented itself, I'm telling the story. She's telling the story. You probably have told the story. Like it it has burned into a lot of different people's brains. And I'm so thankful. And that's, that's to answer your question, that's why it's those kind of moments. 
how can we include our kiddos in the hospitality process? So it's not just something I'm modeling for them, but that they are participating in. So right off the bat, I want to say that if you have young children, your primary role is to model it. It is not until my children have become, I would say, upper elementary, middle, that the ability, I guess, to process the idea or to even have the place where they're in a position to to be on the exercising side of that has started to click. And I mean, started to click. But modeling it is is the mindset, I would think, for mothers with small children. And here, as a mother, this is what I did when my children were little, when I had toddlers and babies and young elementary. I sat the table, and I, side note, for a lot of years, I did stay at home full time with my children. So what I'm about to describe to you may not be the reality that I would have experienced if I were working full time in this season of life. But at when my kids were little, I did stay at home full time. I would set the table for them every morning for their breakfast. And we had the little, you know, Target dollar spot plates. And I would put one out in front of their little high chair. Cute. And I would fold whatever paper towel was on the roll. And I got their, you know, favorite pink plastic Barbie spoon. That's what I mean when I say set the table. Right. Mm -hmm. But when they came toddling in for breakfast, that was there. I didn't talk about it. I didn't say, now see how mommy set the table? Like, no, no, no. The lesson is not in the words. Mm -hmm. It was about my heart. It was about putting into practice, if I believe this in the big moments at a dinner party, I also need to model this in the small moments of a Tuesday morning breakfast when, you know, we've got bedhead and, you know, pajamas on. It was never about showing off. It was never about um, one-upping or comparing. But that is a very simple task. It was a way of life for us. They assumed people were coming over. It was like breathing. And so if you start to model this in the tiny moments, you're going to build a muscle memory that will make it easier in the bigger moments. And so start basic. The intent of this is not to put pressure on yourself. You've got enough on your plate. It's a mindset shift, a heart refocusing more than anything. You probably had sweet moments in time for conversations because you weren't like, get your Pop-Tart, get your, you know. Totally. It was already I ready set for the them. Stage and yeah. then they walked into it. I loved it. And I felt like, what a gift. Mm-hmm. I love doing this. I love doing it for people I love. And my motive is not see kids, see kids, see how good you like none of that. My motive was, I love them. This is a tangible way to express it. And I don't have to say anything. I keep coming back to your definition. Because for some moms, they're like, Oh, gosh, I can't even get like my clothes on right before I leave the house, you know. But, but that's not the point is that it doesn't have to be perfect. The definition Mm -hmm. is you're creating space for change. Mm -hmm. And there's an intentionality that comes with that. And so it it doesn't necessarily have to look like a pretty set table. No. But it can be this intentionality of creating space for others. I think intentionality will always end up looking beautiful. But beauty is not always intentional. Like you can set something that looks cute, like it came out of the spread of, you know, Pinterest, real simple, you know, like, like, like bringing the camera crew, we're ready for our shoot. Okay, 
it's beautiful. Good job. Like I love beauty. I'm I'm all about the beauty. But every time you're intentional, it's beautiful. It may not be camera ready, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Those ratty plastic plates from the dollar store and those cups and those little forks like that was our, you know, fine china for breakfast for a lot of years right. and it didn't mm-hmm. matter. It just doesn't matter. It's not about go get the silver. Is it polished well enough? Is it chipped? It's Find a plate, find a fork, and find something to wipe your face with. Then be intentional with it. Mm -hmm. Is it camera ready? No, (laughs) ma'am. I mean, it's not. But it's beautiful. And we sit down at the table most nights, and my children know where the napkin goes. That feels like a win. So the pressure, the, oh, I can't even get my clothes. Like, I get it. I get it. This is not meant to be a burden. This is not another thing that someone has to do to measure up, to feel like they're a good mom or a good woman or a good wife. Like, this is actually the thing that can free you a little bit to focus on your heart, focus on why you're doing something, be intentional about it, and and just start the muscle memory of anticipating need and creating space and see what happens. And I swear, the more you do it, the better you get. And then the more you want to do it. Okay, Catherine, thank you a thousand times for hanging out with us today. Now, if our listeners want to find out more about hospitality and to learn even more wonderful things for you, all your tips and tricks, where can they find you? CatherineSasser.com. That's the blog I write about hospitality. Also, my Instagram handle, Catherine Sasser, is full of practical tips, but also a lot of the heart behind hospitality. I do a weekly hospitality hotline on Thursdays at 10 o'clock live on Instagram. You can submit questions and I'll answer them. And then of course, Hurley House, if you're interested in our tangible products, that is a, that's the place to be. Y'all want to come over for dinner? <laughs> I'm there. Okay, I'm great. In. All right. In. All right. See y'all later. As always, visit fortworth.citymomsblog.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And just one more time, in case you didn't hear, it's fortworth.citymomsblog.com. Fort Worth Mom's Blog.